Hi everyone, this is Heather and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Today's episode is, are you suffering? How about suffer to grow? I think that suffering happens every day all around the world. And I also think that through suffering, we can grow more than even through our wins and success. I know I touched on this last episode, but it is a topic worth getting into a little further. So here we go, guys. Thanks for joining today. So this topic always makes me think of the little toddler who is just learning to take some, not just first steps, but like, you know, when they start to really take off running. Um, it's a terrifying time as a parent because they've literally just gotten their little feet beneath them. And then before you know it, they're taking off full speed and there's danger lying ahead and they're not seeing it. <laughs> and they are just full bore excitement, full sprint. Doesn't matter if mom's chasing me and looking fearful, I'm gonna run because I just figured out how to do this and it's amazing and fun and free. And <laughs> you know, that little look of innocence until what? <laughs> I know you know it. Until the first time they are met with their parents' fear, you know? It's like, I remember my oldest sprinting through our living room and us being like, slow down and like chasing after him because he was just running and giggling and like so free and happy, but like not, he's looking back at us. He's not looking at where he's going. And sure enough, he ended up with a horn on the top of his head after tripping and hitting his head off of like the windowsill. Um, Oh my gosh, it was the worst bump. Like literally just stood right off easily an inch off his head. It was just terrifying. I remember that call to the doctor and do I need to bring him in and just total fear. And um, But guess what happened through that? And this is what I think we forget sometimes is that so much was learned. Now, of course, like the experience of the fun of it, that was feeding his brain too. It's like, no, I've done this five or six times now and every time it's so fun, watch. (laughs) You know, that's what's going on. Until, you know, once that one negative big impact, and then from that point on, I believe that's like that imprint of fear in our, you know, our being. It's like we're well aware of a consequence that could you know, be the alternative to the fun. And so in that, it's like a two-sided thing, you know, like the double-edged sword of sorts, because on the one hand, you want that valuable lesson because without it, worse things could happen. And then on the other hand, it's that loss of innocence and freedom and fun. And and then forever, you know, having fear imprinted on you is like, oh man. So What I want to get into today, though, is just like how much of a gift, I guess, is the best way to put it, that moment of impact actually is. Because I think a lot of us are living in that moment of impact right now. And it's hard to see the correlation maybe, but, you know, the loss of my husband, it was an impact that it, you know, people talk about suffering. It's like the biggest suffering in human experience, I think, is major loss. It is so major, it it just sort of um, imprints itself on you in a way that every following experience that you have, it comes with you. And there's no, um, you know, sort of having it be forgotten even for a moment. It's just in that, you know, forefront of your consciousness and that awareness around it is huge. So, 
you know, yeah, I am making a correlation between the two and I do strongly feel that those type of things that happen to us in our youth that change us forever, of course, there's so much more minor, but think of the huge impact it has where from that point forward, after my son smacked his head off the windowsill, he ran still, of course he did. He was a kid and he still sought out fun, but he had a, a sort of like cautionary approach to it, you know? It was like when he started to come close to something, he sort of started to pump the brakes. And if he saw a potential danger ahead, which he was actually now looking for, then he was able to react before that happened. So there was so much beauty in, in it. And at the moment, all I could think was my poor baby is head. Is he okay? What kind of permanent damage has this done? And, uh, you know, I wasn't really thinking of the gift in it. But that's why, you know, I'm somebody who has really strong faith. And I do believe that, you know, God is giving us these huge, painful sufferings in order for us to grow and become stronger and better, not as a punishment. Because I hear that a lot. Like, what did I do to deserve this? You know, because I think it's hard because our witnessing of other people's love around us, um, or like if you've lost a child that, you know, you're witnessing every day, a parental bond with their kid, um, and people taking it for granted too. And that's hard because you, you'd give anything to have back what you lost. And yet you're seeing people not show real appreciation for it. Um, a couple thoughts on that. One, um, I think we should feel grateful we were chosen in one sense, which sounds crazy, I know. But I think unless something is seen within you that could rise up and and gain from the experience, then it wouldn't happen, you know? I think that it's like, um, well, one, I think our person who left us, I do believe that they were at a place in their own spiritual growth where they had sort of, you know, either peaked or like, like for my husband, I don't think he had a whole lot more room to grow there. He had kind of figured it out and he was often teaching me a lot of these lessons in life. Um, but it was like my turn. You know, I think that if I look at it that way and that God's now giving me an opportunity to find a way to make big impact, to rise up, to be a better person, you know, to grow through my suffering. And so there's a lot of ways in which I think I've now come to do that. But back to this young child, you know, in the absence of that impact, the bigger problems that could have come could have been, you know, them running out into traffic, getting hit by a car and losing their life. So we want to be so angry, like, why would God not have protected my child? I was praying, like, while as he's running and I'm seeing that coming, I was praying, God protect him, like, you know what I mean? And it, and then it seemed like my prayer wasn't answered. But maybe God saw that, you know, two months from now, he'd be running like that out in traffic. And this impact was his way of answering my prayers and protecting him. So it's so hard to see that bigger picture when you're plopped right in the middle of it. And it feels like, obviously, I wasn't hurt on this one. Someday I'll know why. Well, I don't know about that because I don't feel like that's the case. I think you're always heard. I just don't think we always love the answer, you know? Um, I know I pleaded, you know, talk about, and this is why I think Elizabeth Kubler-Ross came out with these five stages of grief. They were supposed to be reflective of 
the dying process and we have kind of adapted it for the grieving because the experience isn't all that different but um you know it's because that bargaining certainly was going on when my husband and I were just pleading with God you know we'll do whatever we would we would literally quit our jobs you know do whatever you need us to do like we'll go on some pil pilgrimage we'll we'll tell everybody of the healing you've given us like what do you need from us because we'll do whatever it is you know our lives are already impacted and changed in such a way um but I couldn't see the next few chapters is the problem. And if you're not seeing the whole book and you're just seeing, you know, the present and the past and you're guessing at the future, I have to keep reminding myself that higher power sees the whole book, you know, so just accept what it is. <laughs> That's the hard part. A lot of us want to sort of kick and scream and control it, you know, always fighting to drive the car ourselves. When we've been asked to sort of take a back seat in this life, and yet we just so strongly want to control it. It's kind of human nature, I feel like, sometimes. But it's I've grown the most in those moments of real release. And uh, I just think suffering is the biggest, uh, obs not obstacle, I guess it's a challenge to the human experience to really sit back and just let it unfold without having to try to control it. Because, oh, it, the overwhelm that I experience when I try to like figure it all out or, you know, like I have, oh, this must mean I have some higher purpose I have to accomplish. So, you know, that's like putting pressure on yourself or just understand that the future's already been sort of laid out for you and you're just on the ride, so to speak. And of course your decisions, I mean, we've all been given um, that ability to make these decisions and choices for ourselves that will determine sort of where we end up at the end. But uh, most likely, if we continue to just follow instinct and follow the, the opportunities that have been laid before us, it will take you there. <laughs> you know, it will uh, unfold something even better than you probably could imagine. And I do think that um, some people will just not give themselves the opportunity to see that or experience it. You know, it's, it's an easier thing to do to stay in and stay mad. You know, it's much easier to see yourself as being victimized through this. And not that we're not the victim, we had major things happen to us. But to, to sort of take on that role of just hanging back and feeling like we got targeted. And now because of that, I'm not participating in this life. This isn't the life I signed up for. It completely rules out any opportunity for this to turn around for you. You know, um, I know I've said this a lot lately, but nothing amazing ever happened from me sitting on my couch in front of a television lately. You know, I have to keep putting myself out there. I have to keep trying. And I don't have to keep loving how it feels to be doing it alone. I don't. He's not asking that of us. He's just asking us to have faith and asking us to continue to move. <laughs> you know, just keep walking. It's like when we stand still and start that, um, sort of self, uh, like feeling bad for yourself. That's what it is. It's really just like self-pity, I guess. Um, that's when I think you're just not going anywhere anymore. You're just stuck in your little toilet bowl of grief, you know, flushing around and around that toilet bowl waiting for the next thing to hit you. 
Um, and that roller coaster ride is not fun, <laughs> not at all. And if you're needing to grasp onto something, I want to offer this to you. Just think of it as you've been chosen, and I know it feels like, man, this is not something I wanted to be chosen for. But if you continue to look at this life as a speck, you know, a speck in the blip of time, of eternal time, then it's so much easier to be like, uh, sure. I mean, who wouldn't raise their hand and say, yeah, throw some rocks at me if it means that someday I will never have to have another, you know, bad word said about me or, um, you know, somebody coming after me or what I would take it like because it's just a blip in time. Yeah, sure. Hit me with the rocks. It's not going to last forever. You know, I'll heal from those injuries, but I don't want to have to deal with this for a lifetime. Maybe it's that, you know, maybe it's like, yeah, we're putting in our time right now and having this heavy, hard experience so that later it can be even more beautiful for you. Uh, but if you then say, well, this thing's happened to me now, I'm just going to sit here and wait for my time to pass. I don't think that that's fully embracing this opportunity that's been put at your feet. I think what's still like a discovery thing. We got to figure out why, you know, why it was I picked to still be here. Have I not like, you know, have I not righted all my wrongs? Have I not, um, you know, do I have some gifts in my back pocket? Not, <laughs> not literally, but you know, was I given a gift of like, being able to write beautiful words that touch and impact people. And I've never done anything in my life. Like I worked, I worked doing a job where I just inputted things into a computer all day and I never actually wrote at all, not even in my you know free time or anything. I never offered to the world the gifts I was given. Maybe that's what you're still giving the opportunity to, to try to do. So try it. You know, maybe you don't have the time because you're feeling the overwhelm, but in your free time, maybe instead of the television or maybe instead of, you know, reading a good book, maybe you put pen to paper and just see what comes out. That's kind of what I'm saying. It's like, I, I think that it, one, will help the time pass. And we all know that it is so much easier for time to pass when we're enjoying ourselves, right? But I think that we get the most enjoyment out of this life when we're using our gifts or things that we're really great at to impact others. So I know I encourage you to do that a lot, but I think in the way of the suffering and grieving or um, it doesn't have to be about grief. I think grief and suffering are very similar because I think grief doesn't have to be I lost somebody very close to me. It could be loss of anything, loss of control, loss of, you know, your home, loss of, um, you know, a marriage through divorce. Like there's so many experiences that I think fall into grief. So when I say, um, you know, make that correlation between grief and suffering, that's why I think they're very, very similar. And yeah, I don't want to put myself in the category of the wounded. I want so much. Like, I know this is still my experience, and I know it's not going anywhere. But boy, like, I really enjoy doing the things that he and I love doing together and feeling him nearby. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but so initially I might have avoided certain things. You know, the things that sort of trigger things in your mind, I would kind of just avoid those and I thought that that was helping, but I actually did find myself more often upset in those moments that I was missing out. It was like, oh, I, I miss being able to do that with my person. Well, I've just denied and deprived myself of the experience. So it's like a double hit, right? I lost him to do it with, and now I'm not even getting to partake in that experience. 
So I already know the arguments that come up in your mind because I know I've been there. Um, as soon as I say that, I know a lot of you are probably thinking, well, I don't even enjoy doing the thing without my person. So, you know, I did lose both. But it's, you haven't, if you haven't tried, I should say, not that you haven't, but if you have not tried, um, it's worth trying because um, I'll use the concert experience because it's something I dug my heels in with initially. And he kept throwing signs at me that I should go so much so that somebody was even like giving me free tickets, like, we'll bring you, we want to go with you. And it was like the safest group of like other women and wasn't even dealing with other couples right off the bat because that can be a hard one. It was like the easiest thing. It kept getting sort of thrown at me. And I was really like, gosh, no, I don't want to put myself in that scenario. I don't think I can do it without him. But once I finally went, there was, of course, the whole night had a heaviness around it for me because I was so fully aware that I was so sad that he wasn't there with me. But I will also say it sparked so many memories of great, better times in my life, like remembering standing there with him, like remembering what we did when we went in our routine and the people that we'd say hi to and the whatever it was, like all of it came flooding back. So yeah, that carries emotion. But also, there was so many moments of like, yeah, this is still here. This didn't go with him. And um, and it's something I loved. And I would have actually done, had him and I never gotten married, and if we had just sort of lived our own separate lives, I would have ended up here because I love music. I love the experience of that. I love the socialness of going to a concert with friends. And I love... All, every part, I did it before him. So why would I not do it after him, you know? And so the first one, yeah, that was that was a little rough. And it would have been easy after dipping my toe in to say, yep, see, I tried. It wasn't good. I knew it wasn't going to be good. He wasn't there and it wasn't as enjoyable. But I did it again, <laughs> you know? And these weren't always my choice, but this is where I think like I felt like higher power was pulling some strings, you know, because... On my own, I wasn't there yet to go buy tickets. I wasn't there yet to invite someone to come along with me. But my friends kept doing it for me. Like they kept saying, hey, we're all going. Do you want to come? Hey, any chance you can get a babysitter and do this? And it was like, I needed that. And I didn't know I needed that. You know, I needed someone else to have already sort of taken care of it for me, to have already sort of been like, no, this is happening and we're going to go do this, you know, and and that's what I got. So now I look forward to it. It's actually on my sort of bucket list of things is to get back to maybe someday getting, you know, season passes or something and making it a part of our lives again. I don't want to just, you know, wipe that out because the best part that I enjoyed about it isn't there anymore. It's still like, well, would I rather be just sitting in my living room tonight or out at a concert? I'd still enjoy that experience over just sitting around and not doing anything. So I guess that's what I'm getting at. But um, I just think that like back to the topic of of suffering to grow, uh, <laughs> you can't just look at suffering, I think, as the, you know, consequence, punishment, um, I think that's where I really want everybody to sort of come out of is looking at these things that have happened to us instead of happened for us. And so more on that, guys, after the break. Thanks for listening so far. 
So there's never been a better time to join my grief program that I offer to help coach people through really hard loss. I am currently extending something that I've never done before, but I will be doing some research in the area of subconscious mind work and hopefully there's going to be some amazing benefits for my grief community and that will eventually roll out as a new program I will be offering and so for people who are signing up to work with me right now I am going to be able to offer for them to have all of that that's gathered through this work for free. So that's not something that I'll be having for very long. So it is truly the best time to join. So if you are interested, give me an email at heather at canyoucurecancer.com. All right, guys, back to the show. So I've heard the comment in my free Facebook group many times before that people get a little irked sometimes by the, the comment that, you know, bad things happen for a reason. And that comes to mind when we're talking about this topic because I know a lot of people are looking at their suffering and going, there's no way anything good came out of this. And um, no matter how you spin it, and I don't like that idea that, that, that they had to die or that this had to happen in order for something good to come out of it for me or whatever. It's just not a good feeling. And I, I hear that loud and clear. Um, I think my worry around that is that we often don't want to believe that that these things are happening um, and that they had to happen in order for then, you know, like the domino effect. You know what I mean? Like this domino had to hit, this domino had to hit, like, because that bothers us. But that ripple effect is so very real. You know, you can't throw a stone in a pond and not see how far those ripples carry. So it's, it's almost like, how could you not see the effect? And you don't have to like it. No one's asking you to like it, but but to at least admit that every single action has such a carryover that sometimes when something super bad happens and you're like, well, it's just nothing good can come from this. It's not even something that's easy or tangible, you know, to see and witness. Like you could say, oh, well, this awful thing happened. This person, you know, was raped, tortured, whatever. There's just nothing good from that. Like you can't tell me something good came out of that. So what I am now able in my own life to see and look at that situation as is that it's not that situation that then caused something positive. It's not the loss of your person, let's say, if you're listening because of grief. It is not you know, that trauma that happened in your life that necessarily hit that next domino. It's the 20 dominoes down that we can't see that I think a lot of us just sort of ignore. But could you imagine, I mean, I'm just trying to think sometimes like higher power. Could you imagine looking over this whole world, every soul just as special to you, like all your children, right? There's none that are like, oh, I just love that one more. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you love all your children equally, even the ones that are messing up. And if anything, the ones that are messing up, you feel a little more called to sort of reach out and try to help. But at any rate, you're trying to keep all of this in the air, all the while knowing that every tiny little adjustment that you make on one end is largely affecting someone else all the way across the world. When I was little, I remember laying in my bed one time before a field trip, and I remember praying so hard 
that it wouldn't rain that next day because I had a field trip to the beach and I so wanted to go. It was I was, had been looking forward to it the whole school year pretty much and it had finally come and it was supposed to be a huge thunderstorm and I was like I know that you can hear me pray and I don't I can't imagine how like having a sunny day would hurt anybody else. So please 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 can we please have a nice weather. And I remember sitting in the gym that next morning and hearing I I mean it's rare that you're at school during the day when it looks black outside and you can feel the thunder shaking the whole gym. That's not something that happens often, but this day was, it was rocking and rolling and it was a lot of thunder and lightning and there was no chance in heck and they canceled it and um, they didn't reschedule it. They didn't, um, you know, they ended up having us, I don't even know, visit like somebody's little petting thing or something down the street instead. I don't know. It was indoors, but... (laughs) I just remember being so devastated and feeling like he didn't hear me or it wasn't important enough. Like it didn't rate high enough because I'm just asking about a sunny day and like maybe there's bigger problems out there or whatever. And all that starts to sort of build our subconscious mind and beliefs and stuff. And I don't, I don't know if any of you went through something like that, but I do think that at our core, we start to then associate like when we pray and don't get our answers, it's because it wasn't big enough. It wasn't seen as valuable enough through higher powers eyes. Um, And I feel like for, I'm trying to undo some of that stuff because I don't think that anymore. And I don't believe that it fell on deaf ears. Like I think... My prayer was heard. There also might have been a farmer down the street who desperately needed rain. There also could have been nothing to do with that. It could have been the fact that because we got that rainy day, we happened to go to that little petting farm and this, you know, someone else had been praying that their their pet bunny or whatever was going to be okay. And all that love and attention that we brought that day ended up extending the life of that family pet. And that was just more important. Like, do you know what I mean? It's so bizarre, but how many complete possibilities exist out there is what I'm saying. Like there are so many different ways that every single thing ends up affecting something else that it's not that he's deciding that that pet bunny meant more than my day at the beach. But at the same time, like we don't know what other prayers are out there that are really needing an answer or that then that positive thing of the bunny still being there could have then impacted another kid who visited him the next day in a positive way who then could have, you know, you just don't know. And I'm starting to realize there's a lot I don't know. So getting mad about it or frustrated or feeling targeted is kind of silly almost, you know? Especially, I mean, none of us like to look stupid when we look back and go, oh, if I'd only known that, I wouldn't have been so upset. Sorry, God, like I didn't know that. Well, (laughs) that's, again, I don't know. I mean, we have the opportunity to just trust. That's what faith is, right? It's not knowing. It's just having faith in the person who is driving. It is just allowing for these things to happen and knowing that it's still in our best interest. It is still in our best interest, even when it feels like the worst thing that could have happened to us, because we're growing through every single experience we have right now. We are becoming a better version of ourselves. We don't feel better. Like, um, I know that there is a song out there about how like, I like me better when I'm with you. And I do, I know I've talked about this on the show before. I do like who I was with him better, 
But I can also see at that same time that when he was here with me, I was not using my gifts as much. I was not fully embracing the fact that I could even do all the things that I'm doing right now. I had fully believed that it was a two-person job. And now I'm aware that I can get my kids to practice. I can hold down a full-time job. I can still have dinner on the table and their clothes is clean and folded in the morning. I don't know how I'm doing all these things. Someday I'm going to look back and go, whoa, (laughs) that was a busy time. But for today, I'm happy that I'm busy because it helps me with my process that I'm going through. But also, I have really been impressed with myself. I mean, when was the last time you just looked at yourself and you're like, you're doing a good job. (laughs) You need to give yourself that credit every now and then because... This life's not easy. It's not easy for anybody, even the people that paint the picture that it's all perfect, you know? Haven't you ever watched one of those shows, reality shows, where like everything looks perfect on the outside, but then we hear in the news things aren't so perfect, you know, for them either? It, it doesn't matter how perfectly you paint the picture on the outside. If you had a beautiful situation at one time in your life, you know, like take the parent that lost the child, but at one point you had that loving relationship with that child and enjoyed these experiences. That's still a step up from what some people might have never conceived, might have tried, might have had other things happen. Just just relish in the fact that you ever had that instead of looking at the the glass half empty portion of this where now it's been stripped away from you. You know, um and there's so many traumas and so much suffering that I'm just scraping the edge talking about, you know, loss, because for me, that is something I'm going through. But there are so many other ways that people are suffering. And, and if you do want me to sort of like talk to you about certain other types of suffering that you're still sort of up in your stuff saying, no, 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 you still don't know. My suffering is very different this could be for nothing. This is, you know, whatever it is, drop me a note, let me know. I, I left that email um, during the commercial break there just so that you all can contact me if you need to. But let me know these things. If you think like there's something I haven't touched on, I'd be more than happy to bring it up in the next episode. But I do think that no matter what the suffering or trauma, I think that we have to focus on the ripple. And that just helps in large part. But also then... Don't squander it, I guess, is what I really wanted to get at with this episode. Because as I said before, if you just stay in, if you just stop, if you let that thing that happened to you make your world stop turning, you know, I think that's where the real loss would happen. Because it's like now that happened and then you didn't you didn't do what you had to like For instance, if actually my husband lost his life because I needed to step up into a role that I wasn't going to if he was still here on this earth, and then I didn't take that opportunity and I just sat on my couch in my pajamas all day, then he lost his life for nothing, (laughs) right? So that's what I'm saying. It's like it's already a huge loss. It's already huge suffering to this world. Why would you add to it by then not rising up? You know, and you're not asked to do major things. You don't have to be like, you know, curing cancer. But for sure, just going out to the grocery store and flashing a smile at somebody, you could save their life. They might have not had a smile from anybody in their world for weeks. They could feel so isolated, not seen, and you just looking in their direction and smiling at them could save them from taking their own life. Like, those are the ripples I'm talking about. These little teeny tiny things that sometimes seem like 
It's a smile. What difference does it make? It might. It might just make a huge difference for somebody. And putting yourself out there in the world continues to give the opportunity for the whole thing to unfold as it was supposed to, instead of you sort of depriving that opportunity by digging your heels in. And trust me, I wanted to dig my heels in and be like, no, I'm not going to let you be right on this. I'm not going to let you prove that I needed this in order to rise up. I'm not going to be a better person after he goes. Like I wanted to dig my heels in. And then I realized it was just loss all around. It was just loss of another life, really. I was just literally taking my life right out of the world, out of my kid's life, out of my family and friends. Like, I didn't even want to talk. I did not want to speak. And I realized that my silence was just going to hurt those around me even more. You know what I mean? Like, I, my soul couldn't even think of the opportunity in which like there could be life after the loss of my person. It felt so big. Um, and I know some of you have suffering that is probably even larger than what I'm even touching on today. And I think that the only way in which we can really start to move forward is by quite literally starting by opening the door, opening the, the clenched fists and allowing yourself to be able to receive by just giving the opportunity, you know, uh, it's harder to do alone, no matter what the suffering, I think. I mean, of course, guys, this isn't medical advice. This is just like my experience with this. But like when you really do close out the world, it's like we all need sometimes a recharge and to be alone with ourselves and our thoughts and our emotions and all of that. But um, when you get stuck in it and when that becomes your new reality, it, it can really quickly let the outside world sort of just close down as an option around you. Um, I just spoke with a lady... Well, it's probably a few months ago now, but um, it broke my heart because she stopped going out after the loss of her husband. And then before you know it, she started to get anxiety around it. So now she's homebound. Like she is literally unable to leave her house without like panic attacks. And um, and she stopped being able to drive, which has limited her ability for all kinds of things. And even within the home now, she is having a hard time getting up out of a chair. So getting into the shower alone, like all of a sudden she lost her independence. So it started as a tiny thing that that little seed grew into her now completely being isolated during a time when she really needs support and love and activity. And, um, and that's awful. Um, you know, and I think maybe that's what inspired me to just even want to talk on this, but I think suffering for me now, I see it a little differently. Every time I see somebody going through a real hard thing, I actually look at them and think, hmm, I wonder what they've got in them. Like there's a reason, like, I think you've been chosen for a reason. I think that, you know, for whatever reason that God sees that you have that nugget inside you to just be able to then impact others or do something special or affect somebody in a really great way and that you needed to hit your head off the windowsill, <laughs> right? You needed to have that childhood moment of like, it's not all perfect in daisies. It's, you know what I mean? Like, I want you to see that this is hard, but that you are above it and strong and able and capable. And like, I need to show you how amazing you are. Like your soul needed that experience to actually see that it could 
rise above even what seems like the darkest of things. So it's like a gift you were just given, you know, and it sounds crazy. I know like I know how my words probably come off to some people today, especially if your mindset's not sort of in the right place. Um, that's a large part, by the way, what I do with my grief program, guys. I try to get people's mindset right first to be able to receive ideas like this. But so it doesn't sound so re- repulsive because <laughs> I do know I've been in that that boat where I just was like, really? <laughs> Don't tell me that. And it's so cliche. But um, I know I say this a lot too. Every good cliche has some little grain and nugget down in there that is where it was rooted from and where it came out of and why it started being said so frequently. So in this case, um, I think that maybe some inner work, um, mindset work, whether it's with me or someone else, I do think that it can get you there um, through the healing and to a place where even just your outlook is receptive to the fact that this could be bigger, it could be something more, it could be whatever. I just think that if if you're really shut down to that, it's hard to believe, it's hard to um, accept the fact that this was like a, bu- a kid bumping their head on a wall um, or a windowsill. But I'm hoping that that little analogy can at least bring to, you, to the front of mind that Yeah, sometimes when really awful things happen, like a baby smacking their head off a windowsill seems like, gosh, nothing good came out of that. But it did. It taught a lesson to that little child that later saved their life. That's major. That's actually about as major as you can imagine. So before jumping in and saying, yeah, but my situation, first just look at it. Could anything, like if you had to make a list of like 10 things that could possibly have come out of something that could be good, stretch your brain a little, see what you can come up with. And if you can, you know, really even come to terms with the fact that, yeah, I guess maybe, like maybe the fact that I had to call the ambulance that day and that ambulance wasn't, you know, at the stoplight when that accident happened at the intersection they were spared two lives inside that vehicle were spared because they were at my house you know what I mean like things like that it's hard to to go down that train but if you let your mind and your imagination wander with that you can really see how any higher power that you believe in there's just no way to make every single person on this planet perfectly happy in every experience you know that sort of a Pleasantville thing it's not happening like that's not we're not all walking around smiles and good times all the time because in order to give one person a smile often someone else might have to suffer and that just seems like oh they're chosen over me but it's not it's just not it's just that the ripples from the thing that happened to you might just be more impactful might hit more lives you know it might have more dominoes it touches than what could have happened to someone else you know uh, and so I, I think that I believe higher power can see all those alternate realities. He can know this happening leads to da 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 da. This happening leads to, you know, all of these little ripples. And and then that decision is made from a place of really being able to see all and we can't. You know, that's hard to grapple with, but like what we see and believe, because I was like, there is no situation in which we are better off without him. I remember saying that in prayer before he passed. There's zero situation in which this world is a better place without him in it. Zero situation. I was so confident in my heart with that. And I almost feel like if anything, those pleads for his life 
led even more to God feeling pretty solid in the fact he was doing the right thing because I was so wrong and I needed to see that. I needed to know and understand and spread this word to everybody that it's not the case just because it feels like it is. That's my personal inner experience, you know, based on little things that have happened in my upbringing, based on, you know, all of my experiences. But it doesn't mean it's real. It doesn't mean it's right (laughs) just because I believe it to be so. And I believed it with every ounce of my being. But I can now see there's so many little things. I mean, all every place I've ever been since he passed, every single place I've been at certain times has been altered. Because if he was here, I would not be podcasting right now. I might be on the road in this snowstorm headed to the mountain to go ski with my husband and kids. We might have taken a day off and done that because it's their vacation week. You know, and maybe we would have gotten a car accident. Maybe all four of us and all six people in the vehicle coming at us would have lost our lives. You just don't know, you know. And so for me to say, like, I know this world is better within a minute, I don't know. You know, I want to know. I want to believe it because he was so good, you know. And so when you really look at things and go, but this person was so good, pure, innocent. It was a baby. It was a, you know... It was a 90-year-old woman who had lived this beautiful life, and, and then she had this awful trauma happen to her. Like, you, it's so hard to believe their loss could lead to anything positive. It almost seems like, you know, you're trying to feed me some line of garbage to just make me feel better. But I think that we could all come to the understanding around it if we really just back out of it and say, okay, so after it's happened, like, this is all unfolded. Here I am now you know, well out of that bubble of the first year of losing him or whatever. And I can sort of look at it a little more objectively. And, you know, as you get to the second year, as you get to the third year, like, do you have more clarity around it now? Do you see some things that have come to pass that maybe might not have happened? Or, um, you know, for anybody who's grown through um, a hard time, are you able to now go, oh, man, I did really need that. Because if I hadn't learned that, I wouldn't have done that. Those are the things, you know, so um, the way we're able to pick up our pieces, sometimes you just don't even believe you have that in you. And then God will show you that you do. And I hate that. But, you know, sometimes I think the more that you don't have confidence in yourself, it's like you're asking for him to show you these things and hold a mirror up. So I wish in hindsight I had just followed my gifts more in life. I wish I had had more confidence in my ability to manage it all. I think I used to say like I could, but I would never want to. I can't imagine it would be so awful. But, um, you know, my human experience right now is not awful. I don't love it as much. No, I'm still not at the point where like my life is as enjoyable as it was when he was here. But (laughs) I do think that I have contributed more, done more, still had great times. Um, And I've proven to myself that I am far more capable than I ever thought of being able to do all these things. Um, I remember actually one of my biggest fears was like, I could never start a business. Who would ever do that? Who would take a risk? Who would, you know, and that was like something, no way, you know, and that was the first thing I did after I lost him, which is crazy to say, but um, 
Yeah, things, you'll surprise yourself. And hindsight is such a gift. And I encourage you to use it and look back and just say, what have I done? Has any, have I allowed anything good to come out of my suffering? And if you haven't, try to see if you can. Try to see if you can, I mean, anything. Let's even say, like I said before, some, you could start a support group for people who have been through a trauma similar to your own. Or you could even just like going in, and talking to your kids about something that maybe otherwise was a conversation you wouldn't have had. Um, You know, let little tiny nuggets and gifts come out of the hard thing. Um, And then it's much easier to be able to look at it and go, huh, yep. (laughs) That's a conversation I should have had here regardless, but I bet I wouldn't have slowed down enough to have it and talk about that. Um, You know, something small like that, but it can be so very impactful. You know, let's not forget the mustard seed. That's what I should have called this episode. (laughs) Big things can come, guys, even from small, small things, small actions, um, or even big suffering. So uh, thanks for listening today, guys. I really wanted to just get this out there because I hear it often uh, that, you know, nothing good came out of this. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that it's like now on me to go do big things. And, and I don't think that's it at all, but I do think we are all capable of stepping out of our feeling like we've been attacked and victimized and seeing it through a lens of like, wow, we're looking in a snow globe here, right? We're, we're looking at it from above and seeing all those little ripples and, when you look at it like that, and if God loves all of us the same, when I believe he does, then he is constantly doing this dance up there. I can't imagine how busy that would make <laughs> for uh, somebody to try to juggle all of that because I can, you know, half the time my own life keeps me busy enough. So <laughs> today I'm going to end that on that note of gratitude and thank you guys so much for continuing to join. All right. See you next time, guys. Mm-hmm.